Church, it is good to have each of you here uh, with us this morning. I do have a number of announcements, and I'll try to run through those uh, briefly. Uh, this week, uh, we have with us Rachel Stevensmeyer. I'll introduce her in a, uh, a moment to you and allow her to say a few words about herself. Uh, so we are doing what we typically do. Uh, in part, when we have missionaries here, we're having afternoon service after a meal together. Um, next week is uh, daylight savings time, so do note that. And the week after that, we'll do the quarterly business meeting. Um, our church work day is the Saturday before that, November 7th. And so if snow is not coating everything, uh, I invite you to bring rakes and we will, we will do a lot of work. If you'd like to do something ahead of that time, if that isn't a convenient date for you, uh, do let me know and that can be easily arranged. Uh, in terms of prayer requests, and this I would like to make mention of a few things. Uh, in terms of praise, uh, Paul Hansen is doing well. He's with us, was with us on Wednesday, so God is kind um, with the surgery. And then um, the marshals are rejoicing that their house is no longer theirs, uh, or at least two of them are no longer theirs. Uh, so God is kind, uh, even through uh, minor trials. Uh, that is something that he has blessed them in uh, this past week. Uh, the house is no longer a responsibility of theirs. Um, in terms of prayer requests for, uh, for those to be praying for upcoming, um, Faye mentioned that uh, one of the uh, other residents in her building uh, where she lived, Pete is his name, asked for prayer. Uh, and so just the fact that he's asking her for prayer um, is a testimony to her witness and testimony. So pray that God would use, continue to use Faye and that he would be kind in Pete's life. Uh, even with physical uh, problems. And then uh, Edith and Faye, their brother has been living with Edith um, and is going back uh, to Arizona. Yes, Arizona before uh, the election. But uh, he's been having troubles uh, with his dentures, new dentures, brand new dentures. And if you could pray, uh, he's going to have one more appointment. I would imagine one more appointment. He doesn't have much more time. Um, or to try to figure out the problems. Um, uh, otherwise, uh, that's a great difficulty to try to uh, trying to uh, eat without dentures. So pray pray for for Edith and Faye's brother in that regard. A number of other things uh, that I included the um, the uh, Jonathan and Steph are away in Michigan, and Jonathan is actually preaching this morning. So pray for the Hamiltons that God will be kind in uh, in their life. And Steph did mention on Wednesday that Marsha went home to be with the Lord, uh, the friend of her parents. So uh, pray that uh, even in her passing, she might be used uh, as testimony and witness, even any funeral arrangements, etc., that they would be to the Lord's Lord's glory. That is the extent of what I have for announcements and prayer requests. Um, as is our habit, we like to look to a scripture memory. And given that we have been, we have been focusing in October on missions, um, Mark 8.35 is appropriate. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will Save it. Um, 
very significant that losing your life for the Lord's sake and the gospels tied together. To, 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 to be invested in the gospel is to be invested in the Lord. To be invested in the Lord is to be invested in the gospel. Um, might that be a, an encouragement and, and challenge for us? Mark 8.35, whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. Mark 8.35. Let us look to our God as we begin in prayer. Uh, Let us bow and look to the Lord together. Lord, I pray that you would be kind in using us for the uplifting of your son and the foretelling of the gospel among our families, with our friends and neighbors, our co-workers and those that you bring across our path day by day and week by week. Lord, I thank you that you gave your son and in giving your son have given us this great news to proclaim, not to the world around us just generally, but to individuals that you bring across our paths. Might you Strengthen us to be faithful in taking the gospel to others. I thank you, Lord, for the ways in which we have been able to see your kind hand um, even this past week. We know that even in death you care for those who are your own. And so we pray with grief and rejoicing that you have uh, taken Marcia home. We pray that you would be kind in her family's life and the lives of her friends. We pray that we might look with joy to meeting her one day and to seeing what you have done in her story, um, giving herself to your son and the gospel. I pray, Lord, that you would bless for others who are undergoing physical trials, small and great, for those who aren't with us because of health reasons. Might you encourage and strengthen and protect them. Uh, For those who we know of with uh, health troubles, I pray for Wendy, I pray for um, uh, Pete, this uh, uh, fellow resident in Faye's building, and for Edith and Faye's brother. Lord, very different circumstances, but you care for each and every circumstance of our lives and we pray that you might be kind in using us to be a blessing to others uh, even in uplifting them in prayer we pray your kindness in the proclamation of your word and the gospel this day I think of Faith Baptist Church in Bemidji as Pastor Claypool ministers might you strengthen him Might you use him in particular ways in in the church there in Bemidji, and might you uh, even help and be kind in his hearing that he would be able to not be losing more of his hearing, but he will be able to hear people as they talk to him so that you might bless him in ministry. We know 
how important hearing is. I pray, Lord, for your kindness in our the lives of our missionaries. We think of Ruth, as we've even been reminded of her this morning. We think of the Galbraiths and the Smiths, each one in different circumstances, even because of COVID-19. Lord, might you encourage them. We are made for fellowship and made for community and being together in person. That's how you have designed us. And so we pray that you would encourage them even in their particular circumstances, some very strict needing to be apart from other human fellowship. I pray, Lord, that you would bless in ministry this day as Jonathan preaches. Might you give him grace in proclaiming the word of God with clarity and boldness and freedom. Might your Holy Spirit lead and direct as we lift him up and he points others to your word. As we look to your word this day, might you do the same in our midst. Thank you for the opportunity to have Rachel with us today. Might you greatly bless her uh, even in the brief time that we have together. Might your kindness be clear through your own body. We pray now that you will bless in each aspect of this service. We seek, Lord, to worship you in spirit and in truth. Lift us up in the righteousness of Christ for his glory and in his name. We pray this. Amen. Our Responsive reading from the Psalms is taken from Psalm 18. Look at Psalm 18 at this time. Psalm 18. For the choir director, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spoke to the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord delivered him, from the hand of all his enemies, and from the hand of Saul. And he said, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord. Who is worthy to be praised? And I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompass me, and the torrents of ungodliness terrify me. The cords of Sheol surrounded me, or surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress I called upon the Lord, and cried to my God for help. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry for help before him came into his ears. Then the earth shook and quaked, and the foundations of the mountains were trembled and were shaken, because he was angry. Smoke went up out of his nostrils, and fire from his mouth devoured, coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also, 
and came down with thick darkness under his feet. He rode upon a cherub and flew, and he sped upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his hiding place, his canopy around him, darkness of water, thick clouds of the skies. From the brightness before him passed his thick clouds, hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the Most High uttered his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. Amen. It is the God of Abram whom we praise, the God great even in majesty in the heavens. Let us sing together hymn number seven in the gray, the God of Abram praise. Hymn number seven, the God of Abram praise. Do note the extra, uh, the, the verses on the, on the other opposite page, the God of Abraham praise. Oh, 
from the blue hymnals when morning gilds the skies when morning gilds the skies number 15 Oh, 
those of you who were with us in the morning hour, you already know a little bit about the ministry that Rachel Steffensmeyer is doing in the Metro Manila area. But I asked her if she would, uh, for the sake of uh, helping us out, who those some who weren't here, and for the reminder, uh, introduce her ministry just in brief fashion and herself at this time. Thank you again for the opportunity to be here. Um, I'll review some things for those of you who were here earlier. <laughs> and um, we'll have a quiz later. Just kidding. Um, even though I am a teacher, but I won't give you a quiz. Don't worry. Um, I have been serving in the Philippines for the last four years, technically as a short-term missionary. Um, I know it's kind of long for most short-termers, um, but that's how the Lord has led. And um, I initially went there to replace another teacher at Bob Jones Memorial Bible College. Um, she was teaching composition, and she was going to be coming back to the U.S. on deputation. And so I went for one year to replace her, and then another year to replace her, and another year, and another year. So, And now the Lord is leading me to um, actually return to the Philippines as a long-term missionary. Um, my coworker is, is able to, um, she has her support, and um, she's back to teaching again now, but um, we added a bachelor's degree to um, our program. We just before, when I first came, we had only an associate's degree in music, and now we have a bachelor's degree. So there's a need for more teachers, and there's always uh, more to do in various ministries on the mission field. So my main responsibilities at the college are to teach um, music, so specifically piano and composition, as well as music theory and then to be involved in mentoring the students, and then involved in evangelism, of course, as well as um, various ministries in music and um, children's ministries, young women's ministries at my church there. And I'm excited about the way that the Lord is leading me and um, looking forward to continue serving in many of the same ways that I've been serving there. And I would appreciate your prayers as I travel and your prayers as... Um, things are still somewhat closed in the Philippines, and we're praying that things will open up and that we can resume more of a normal ministry there instead of just having much of life being online like it is currently. So thank you again. I appreciate your prayers. God has gifted Rachel in music, and so if you'd like to follow along, uh, number 13 in the blue, um, Rejoice the Lord is King. Thank you. 
Our scripture reading at this time is taken from the Psalms, Psalm 22, beginning in the 19th verse. Psalm 22, we'll begin in verse 19. But you, O Lord, be not far off. O you, my help, hasten to my assistance. Deliver my soul from the sword, my only life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, from the horns of the wild oxen, you answer me. I will tell of your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. You you who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him for help, he heard. From you comes my praise in the great assembly. I shall pay my vows before those who fear him. The afflicted will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth will eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust will bow before him, even he who cannot keep his soul alive. Posterity will serve him. It will be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They will come and will declare his righteousness to a people who will be born, that he has performed it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you, no matter what we are going through, are faithful. You know what we are going through. You know and have even been in our place. You can empathize exactly with our situation, Lord. You have gone through more than I'd say most of us have ever done, gone through suffering, Lord. So we praise you. We praise you together here today. We praise you. To others around us, Lord, help us to not be um, stuck in our affliction, but to be looking to you in it and to be praising you, worshiping you together and um, letting our lives be lights to the world. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In song, we're going to uh, Psalm 100 in the blue, all people that are on earth do dwell. Psalm 100 in in the back of the blue hymnals. I invite you to stand as we sing, and we'll have just the ladies sing the third verse, and just the men on the fourth. Just the ladies on the third verse, and just the men on the fourth. Psalm 100, all people that on earth do dwell.
come for this morning's offering. The offertory is taken from number 67 in the blue. If you'd like to follow along, 67 in the blue. Let us look together to our God and ask his blessing uh, even on this time of worship. Lord, might you get great glory from our midst For we do not seek to worship you alone, but we seek to gather, yea, even a great host of worshipers to come before you in praise. Might you accept our worship as we come before you even in song, in attentive listening to your word, in the reading of it in prayer, and even in giving. Might your name be uplifted, and might the Son whom you have given to us be exalted. We pray because of him. 
Amen. Take the gray hymnals once more. Turn with me to number 150 in the gray hymnals. When I survey the wondrous cross. When I survey 150 in the gray hymnals.
Amen. And then in the blue hymnals, taking the blue hymnals now, 168, the victor, the head that once was crowned with thorns, is crowned with glory now. 168, we'll sing the last verse a cappella. 168. essence of worship is to come before the Lord. We most come before the Lord when we listen to him, when we hear what he has to say. And so I invite you to take your Bibles, or if you don't have one, there should be one in the uh, hymnal rack ahead of the the pew ahead of you. Um, Psalm 96, Psalm 96, we're returning to the Psalter in part because this is called the missionary psalm, the psalm of the Old Testament, which in clearness points to Israel taking the good news of their God to the peoples. Uh, 
the other nations thereabouts. And in part looking to this psalm because it is just such a magnificent psalm for reminding us that every voice is to lift its uh, its energies and its uh, all in praise to the Lord. For he is coming. He is coming to judge the earth. I'll begin by reading Psalm 96. And then we'll look to two major themes in this psalm and conclude by asking one question with uh, two particular uh, brief answers. Psalm 96. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Proclaim good tidings of his salvation from day to day. Tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord. O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in holy attire. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Indeed, The world is firmly established. It will not be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all it contains. Let the field exalt and all that is in it. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy before the Lord. For he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. Let us bow and ask the Lord to direct our mind to this text and use the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Lord, you can do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we could ask or think. Lord, we pray that as we bow before your word, as we submit ourselves to your word and become servants of it, that you would have free reign by your Holy Spirit to change our hearts Make us into people that we are not. Conform us to the image of our Savior and your Son, Jesus Christ, by whose name we pray. Amen. I believe it was more than just one time, but I remember one time in particular I don't know if uh, Rachel has nieces or nephews to be spoiling right now. Uh, 
but as she's with her brother, the joy of being spoiled by aunts or uncles. Um, I remember one time in particular, my aunt with my cousins took us to the circus. Um, and this was a long time ago. Uh, I, was, I was single digits then in age, so it was, it was a while ago. But um, I remember the joy of seeing all the spectacles and I remember especially that my cousin got to ride on the elephant, and I didn't. <laughs> that, that I remember. Um, I think that uh, that kind of spectacle of joy um, is the same kind of spectacle of joy in a, a very different venue as a parade, right? A circus and a parade have a lot of similarities. Well, here in Psalm 96, we have, as it were, the victory march, the, the parade of victory, and the, the anthem of victory, as David takes the ark, and he takes it to a, a location where it can be honored and extolled. Before the, uh, the conquest of the Canaanite lands under David, the ark did not have a permanent resting place uh, fitting for its, uh, its value. And so as David uh, conquers the lands and subdues the peoples around to Israel, He's able to focus his endeavors on building up a sanctuary, building up a place that, as we know, his son uh, ends up completing all the labors to build the temple. But building up a place where the ark could rest, the presence of God could be seen in the presence of Israel. Here is the psalm. I I think that this psalm is not uh, exactly the a language that is used and praised in Chronicles when David goes to uh, goes in First Chronicles 16 to uh, take the ark with great joy to its resting place, to its abode. But uh, my understanding is that uh, David didn't just exalt in praise in that parade taking the ark. But rather, as he went through his life, he came back to this text and he edited it and he improved it. And he, he, he made it into the piece of literature, the piece of poetry that it is in all of its greatness in Psalm 96. This psalm especially points to the king, a victor The king who is the victor is worthy of a victory march. And as the Lord shows his strength on the behalf of his people, the the Israelites, the Lord calls and David calls on behalf of the Lord for the people to sing to the Lord a new song. And so I think we see here in this uh, psalm, we see two special themes as David points to the great praise that the Lord is worthy of, the theme of the king demanding praise from his subjects, the king demanding praise from his subjects, and the theme of the king deserving praise 
from all, even those who aren't his subjects. The king deserving praise from all. But look first to this idea of the king demanding praise from his subjects. You see this language in verse number one, sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth, sing to the Lord, bless his name, proclaim good tidings of his salvation from day to day, tell of his glory. Four times, five actually, five times we have an imperative, a command, sing, 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 proclaim, tell. Uh, of whom, uh, of who is Israel to be speaking? Of whom is Israel to be extolling? Well, it is very clearly the Lord. Sing to the Lord, sing to the Lord, sing to the Lord, bless his name, proclaim glad tidings of his salvation. Here, Israel, I believe, and I'm following the the path of uh, William Barrick, Dr. William Barrick, an Old Testament professor uh, in California. Um, He views these first six verses, which are prefaced with these three commands to sing, as specifically uh, directed to the people of Israel. The people of Israel are to take the, the glory that they have known in the Lord to, to rejoice in the character that they have known of the Lord, and they are to take that to the nations. This isn't uh, directly clear, uh, just from the text. For example, verse 1, sing to the Lord all the earth. And so you, you might suppose that all the earth is being called to sing to the Lord. And clearly that is included here, because as you go forward in the text, God is going to judge all the earth, speaking of all the peoples, all humans being made in the image of God will one day stand under God's judgment. And if they have not perfectly fulfilled his commands, they will be judged with condemnation, judged with his righteous and just condemnation. But here... It's not those who know the condemnation. It's not those who are under that condemnation, but rather those who know the joy of the Lord's what? Proclaim the good tidings of his salvation. Those who know his salvation are to take the message of his salvation to all the ends of the earth. Whether it's the Philippines, whether it's Blaine, whether it's England, where the Galbraiths are ministering, whether it's, uh, whether it's Japan, where the Smiths are ministering, we, we take the joy of the salvation that God has brought to us and we submit ourselves to the man that the king has given for us to praise. His subjects need to praise him. Those who claim the Lord as their own are required to praise. These five imperatives, these five commands uh, give us this clear instruction. The emphasis on this word for sing, 
Sing to the Lord a new song. Song is the same root word as sing. Sing, sing. The emphasis is on verbal praise. Uh, many times in the, in, in the Psalms, in fact, the majority of times that this word sing is used in the Old Testament, it's this word for sing is used here in the Psalms. And, but as you look to this word sing in, in its particular form, the particular root word of it, um, very frequently, this isn't the only word that's used. Very frequently, this particular Hebrew word is used with another uh, Hebrew word. For example, in First Chronicles, where it speaks of David singing to the Lord and singing the praises of the Lord, uh, we read, sing to him, this is First Chronicles 69, sing to him, sing praises to him, speak of all his Wonders. Well, this sounds to us like uh, like uh, the first three verses. It sounds like uh, to us like verses that come thereafter in this psalm. But what's interesting is in in distinction from First Chronicles sixteen, Psalm ninety six uses the same word for sing in the first two verses. First Chronicles. When it says, sing to him, that's the word that's in, in Psalm 96. And then when it says, sing praises to him, that's not the word in Psalm 96. That's, that's a more general word about music and just musical proclamation uh, in praise of the Lord. So it could be, it, it, that word I think, could be verbal in many cases, but it isn't always verbal. Whereas, this word for sing, that's repeated these three times, and song a fourth time, this word focuses on us coming with praise, verbal praise, using our language to exalt the salvation of the Lord. The king demands praise from his subjects. We ought to be those taking that praise to the nations, yes, but lifting up that praise with our voices, with our whole abilities in language. Why? Verse 4 and following. Why does the king demand praise from his subjects? For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Compare him with the other gods, verse 5, for all the gods of the peoples are idols. And it's really interesting if you know a little bit of Hebrew, you might know the word Elohim. Elohim is the word God or the word gods. So Elohim is used of the one true God, the, the creator of heaven and earth. It's also used in the plural of the false gods of which in Israel's day, you would be able to go to any nation and find any number of temples and idols uh, which were made to, to worship some or another of the gods. Well, this language here, all the gods, verse number five, all the gods of the peoples, that's the foreign nations, all the gods of the peoples, all the Elohim of the peoples are Idols, this word idols is literally 
the word for what is worthless, what is vain. We're, we're reminded of how Isaiah and Jeremiah write of the idols. You as humans, you go out and you cut down a tree and you fashion it into something that will stand up and then you bow down before it. What folly. What folly. What worthlessness. As, as the prophets sometimes mock, the, the prophets of the true God sometimes mock, if, if the idol falls over, you need to lift it up. It, it can't stand by its own power. If the idol falls over, you have to go and you have to physically put it upright. This word, uh, idols, Elohim, the gods, Elohim, are worthless, Elohim, vain, powerless. Why should we praise the Lord, sing his praises? Why is it demanded of us that we sing his praises? Because God is great. He's to be feared, verse 4. Because the idols are nothing, whereas the Lord made the heavens. The Lord is the one who created all that we see. And all that we know in in the world of nature around us. We, We spoke a few weeks ago of the expanse of the galaxies. And and as much as the scientists have done to focus their telescopes on one particular area, area and just see further and further, they've never come to an end of that which God has created. The greatness of God is truly beyond our ability to proclaim in language. Splendor, verse 6, and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Here is a truth we need to hold and we need to understand. If you see the one true God, you won't be able to fully comprehend him. You won't be able to fully praise him. It's as if, and and I think this will be appreciated by Minnesotans, it's as if David is using the language of this psalm as snowfall after snowfall in various ways of praising the Lord. He's piling on the language. You you couldn't come to an end of the language. In, In fact, he doesn't even use the, the, the word for sing that he uses in First Chronicles. He doesn't even use that anywhere in this whole psalm. There's yet more to be said about the demand that God has for us to praise him and about who the God is that we praise. The king demands praise from his subjects. Let me note as we conclude this focus on this theme, the king demanding praise from his subjects, that we do need to be his subjects. We do need to bow before him, to recognize that he is an all-holy God 
full of splendor and majesty and strength and righteousness. And we're sinners. We can't deal with our sin problem. We we can't take care of it on our own. We can never be good enough in our own power. We can never be good enough to come before the Lord. We need to bow before the Lord and acknowledge that we're sinners and ask the Lord, please use the death of Jesus Christ on the cross and the judgment that you you poured out on Jesus on the cross for sin that he didn't commit, but for sin that I committed. Pour out that judgment on Jesus instead of me. I want Jesus to be my Savior. I, I want to be one of the sheep of your flock, Lord. I be, want to be one of your faithful followers. Whatever you want in my life, great or small, I give it to you. I give my all. My body my mind, and everything with it. We do need to submit ourselves to the king. And it's only as we submit ourselves to the king that we can know the joy, the good tidings of his salvation and thus be able to sing his praises before the nations, which is... The point of the latter half of Psalm 96, or from verse 7 and onwards. The king deserves praise from all. Verse 7, ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. This, this language, families of the peoples, is not uh, unique here, but it is language which points to the, uh, the, the vastness of the nations, the entirety of the nations. It d- doesn't matter if you're an Israelite or not. It doesn't matter if you have uh, Jacob in your lineage. You're still under obligation to praise the Lord. Because he deserves the praise of all. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. You see the piling up of praise language. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. The, The name is a distillation of the character of who God is. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in holy attire. Tremble before him, all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Indeed, the world is firmly established and it will not be moved. He will judge the peoples with equities. This is, that is, he will judge the nations from, from Israel's perspective, the foreign nations, he will judge them with perfect righteousness. God is not unrighteous in his judgment. And when one day he sends many to hell, it will be because they deserve it. Because I deserved it. Because you deserved it. And those who do not turn to Christ will be condemned. Here we find 
the who of the king deserving praise. The who is all. All should be giving praise to the king. We find again the why. Because the Lord reigns. Uh, in, the, in the Old Testament conception, in the conception of the ancient Near Eastern uh, uh, peoples and nations, the king is one who is a judge, and the king is one who is a warrior, and the king is one who is a ro- ruler. And you, you see this, this uh, theme, those three themes even being brought together here in this, in this psalm. The king, we, we bow before him. That is the, the language of uh, verse number two and the bless his name, Barak. Barak is the verb to bless or to bow, to kneel. And Barak, the noun, is the word for a king. One before whom you kneel or bow. The king is the ruler, the king is reigning, the Lord reigns, and the king is the judge. He will judge the peoples with equities. Verse 11 and following, continue this theme of the king deserving praise from all, not just all people, but all creation. And, and though this, the, the language is, uh, is uh, varied from an imperative, from, from a command in the uh, in the Old Testament here, uh, the, the meaning is the same. So you could, you could helpfully translate verse 11. Be glad, O heavens. Rejoice, O earth. Roar, O sea, and all its fullness, all, all that's in the sea. Exalt, O field, and all that is in it. Every one and everything is called to praise the Lord. We have again the why. Verse 12, the middle of the verse. Then all the trees of the earth will sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming. The righteous judge will return and he will judge. He will judge in righteousness. And so all deserve to praise the king. This psalm has been called the missionary psalm. Might we take this message of the greatness of God's character and the judgment that that entails, that that means? Might we take this message to the nations And remind them and plead with them that they would turn to the righteous judge. That they would turn to the one who deserves praise from everyone. The Lord is coming. Verse 13. Why should all praise him? Why does he deserve praise? Because he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. This is the same language that we read in our scripture reading from the Psalms. Psalm 22. They will come and will declare his righteousness. 
Note, note there's missions going on there in Psalm 22. They'll declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has performed it. Why does God deserve praise from everyone? Because he will one day be the judge of everyone. I think this is clear in Psalm 96 and verse 13. I think this is clear at the end of human history, Revelation 19 and verse 11. And I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he who sat on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and wages war. You see the image of the king. The king is coming on a horse. What is a king? A ruler, a warrior, a judge. He judges and wages war. Or the Psalms themselves frequently make this point. The Lord abides forever. Psalm 9 and verse 7. He has established his throne for judgment. He will judge the world in righteousness. He will execute judgment for the peoples with equity. This is the word of Solomon. God will judge both the righteous man and the wicked man. This is the word of the apostles. He has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. Don't, don't just skip over that language. He'll judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. The one who will judge the world is the Lord Jesus Christ. He will judge the world in righteousness. This is the language of the text which echoes, of which Psalm 96 is an echo. First Chronicles 16. The trees of the forest will sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. The psalmist elsewhere proclaims this theme. Men will say, surely there is a reward for the righteous. Surely there is a God who judges on earth. God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. And I know I'm belaboring this theme, but I hope we see how prevalent it is in all of the scriptures. Second to last. Romans 2 and verse 2. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls upon those who practice such things. Well, what is the such things? The judgment of God is righteous. It's equitable on those who practice such things. What is the such things of Romans 2 and verse 2? The such things is the judgment of all people on other people in Romans 2 and verse 1. Therefore, you have no excuse, every one of you who passes judgment, for in that which you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. I didn't note this as I was going through the sermon series on the golden rule. The golden rule will be a basis for judgment. Everyone, no exceptions. Everyone judges other people. In, in the fact that they judge other people, it is proclaimed 
by their own actions. That there, there should be a just judge. There must be a judge. There are right actions and wrong actions. Right intentions and wrong intentions. Lastly, again, the final, the close of the scriptures, final book of the Bible. The Lord God who judges her is strong. The Lord God who judges her is strong. Who is the her? The her is great Babylon the great. That great and wicked city. Pestilence and mourning and famine and burning with fire will come on her because God has remembered her iniquities. No one will escape God's knowledge. No one will escape God by force of strength. And his judgment is righteous. Might we call the nations and remind them that the king deserves praise from all? Last question, two brief answers. As we look to this text, how is it that we can be those who Stand in that great and final day of the Lord's judgment? Two brief answers. One, we know his salvation. Proclaim good tidings of his salvation from day to day. We we have come to know personally his salvation. God's righteousness is our righteousness. The righteousness of Jesus His righteousness given to us so that we might, those sinners, be declared righteous and those sinners not be judged for that sin. But second way in which we can stand when one day God comes in judgment is by the proclamation of who God is. Those who know God's righteousness are those who go forth in missionary endeavors. Those who do not go forth in missionary endeavors seeking to share the gospel with others are not those who know the Lord's righteousness. You you look to the Lord and you see all that he's done in giving Christ on the cross for us. Can it ever be that our lips would be zipped? Well, in particular instances, yes. But as the course of our, over the course of our life, as to the character of who we are as Christians, never. To, to, to know the Lord is to praise the Lord. Might we be those? Rejoicing, because when the Lord comes to judge the earth and and he judges the world in righteousness and the peoples with faithfulness, we are committed to the Lord. We've been telling others about the Lord. It's clear our commitment to the Lord. 
Might we rejoice in the God. Might we lift up heart and voice in his praise. Let us bow. Lord, I thank you for this psalm. I thank you for the reminder of this text and even the conviction that it was for me. We can never be faithful in sharing the gospel as we ought if we aren't rejoicing in the joy of our salvation. Might you be kind if in any hearts here their first love has grown weak. If there are any here who do not know Christ and have not submitted to you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they might even today cast their soul and their eternal care on you. I thank you, Lord, for the joy that you've given us in knowing your salvation and salvation through your son. We pray that you might rejoice us in his praise. Amen.